There are just two weeks remaining in the WPIAL regular season, and now it's really time to start talking about the WPIAL playoff picture. Hi, everybody. For Pittsburgh Sports Now, this is Brennan Rossi, your host of the Whippy Whip Around, and uh, we'll take a look on this Week 7 recap edition of the Whippy Whip Around. Firstly, of the playoff picture, and then recap the games And then finally, our teams and players of the week. Firstly, let's take a look at the playoff picture. Uh, We have six classifications, and there are a ton of playoff spots still up for grabs with just a couple weeks remaining. We'll start in Class 1A, work our way up to Class 6A. Firstly, looking at the Class 1A playoff picture, there are 16 teams that will qualify top four from each conference And so far, we have nine playoff spots that are currently taken. First in the Tri-County South, only one team has qualified, that being Mapletown. They're 5-0 to start the season in conference play, 8-0 overall. Mapletown in the driver's seat in the Tri-County South to win the conference championship. In the Eastern Conference, three spots have been clinched. It's Greensburg Central Catholic, Leechburg, and Clareton. And right now... Still alive, Jeanette and Riverview. The Jayhawks can clinch a playoff spot with a win against Springdale this week. And we'll take a look at not only that game, but also all of the games with playoff implications on Friday in our preview edition of the Whippy Whip Around Week 8. In the Black Hills Conference, two teams have qualified, Bishop Canavan and Burgettstown. The Crusaders 5-0 and have pretty much all but locked up the Black Hills Conference. But that's pending a huge conference showdown this weekend against Our Lady of the Sacred Hearts, who can clinch with a win against Bishop Canavan or if Cornell loses to Chartier's Houston. Um, The only team eliminated from Black Hills Conference contention is Carlinton. Um, and Fort Cherry can clinch a playoff berth with a win against the Cougars this week. Other teams that are alive, Cornell, Shark Houston, and Avella. And finally, in the Big 7 Conference, three spots have been clinched. Laurel, Southside Beaver, and Union, which if I'm not mistaken, as long as Laurel wins this week, they will be the top seed out of the Big 7 Conference due to victories over Southside and Union earlier this season. Rochester and Shenango still alive for a playoff berth. Rochester can clinch with a win at Northgate and eliminate Shenango, who is 2-3 in conference play. Northgate and Summit Academy have been eliminated. Other teams that have been eliminated, Frazier out of the Eastern Conference. Springdale is technically alive, but, I mean, 0-4, it's tough to come back from that. Springdale pretty much all but eliminated at this point. And Bentworth has been eliminated from the Tri-County South. Class 2A, we have 14 teams that will qualify. Top five come from the MAC and the Allegheny. Top four from the Century Conference. And the top two seeds will get a bye. So far in Class 2A, we have nine spots that have been taken. Three from each conference. First in the Midwestern Conference or the MAC. Beaver Falls, Neshanik, and Western Beaver have locked up playoff berths. Still alive in the playoff hunt, Mohawk and Riverside are knocking on the door. Mohawk and Riverside can clinch with wins. Um, Mohawk plays Western Beaver. Riverside takes on New Brighton this week. New Brighton is the only team from the conference to have been eliminated. Elwood City and Freedom still alive, but Mohawk can clinch with a win over Western Beaver or they get losses by Freedom 
and Elwood City. Riverside would need losses from both Freedom and Elwood City to clinch a playoff spot. So obviously, Mohawk has a more favorable edge um, in the Midwestern Conference to at least make a playoff spot. So for Mohawk to get in, not necessarily a must win, but of course it would be nice. But as a backup plan out of the Midwestern Conference, they would need freedom to fall to Beaver Falls, which looks likely, and Elwood City would have to lose to Neshanik, which also looks likely. So Mohawk, uh, it's looking good. And Riverside, they need a lot of help to get into the playoffs. Elwood City and Freedom, outside chance, won't clinch a playoff spot um, this week. But with some upset wins in Week 8, they will still be alive. In the Century Conference, Still Rocks, Wash High, and McGuffey have all clinched a playoff spot. It was believed at the beginning of the week that McGuffey was not clinched at that point, but um, it turns out that the Highlanders are in the playoffs Keystone Oaks tied for second, but are still alive for a playoff spot. Keystone Oaks would need either a win over Wash High or a Brentwood loss to Charleroi, who the Cougars and Waynesburg Central have both been eliminated from playoff contention. Now, Keystone Oaks and Wash High, that's probably the game of the week in the Century Conference. Two, three, and one teams in conference play. And the Golden Eagles still alive. Wouldn't count necessarily on Brentwood falling to Charleroi, considering that the Cougars have only scored 38 points in seven games this season. So for Keystone Oaks, in order to ensure a playoff spot, need to get an upset win over the Prexies this week. In the Allegheny Conference, Steel Valley and Sarah Catholic tied for first in the conference. They have clinched playoff berths, as has Ligonier Valley, who is and 3-2. Behind them, the fourth-place spot, there is a three-way tie between Burl, Apollo Ridge, and Amani Christian. Uh, Burl faces off with Derry this week. Amani Christian hosts Ligonier Valley, and Apollo Ridge hosts Sarah Catholic. So, not sure if that's going to get resolved this week, but that fourth playoff spot up for grabs between Burl, Apollo Ridge, and Amani Christian. Yawk is still technically alive, but it would need a lot of help, and Derry has been eliminated from the playoffs. Class 3A, we have 12 playoff spots up for grabs. Five teams have already clinched a playoff berth. Um, Firstly, in the Western Hills Conference, only Avonworth, they were the first team to clinch a playoff spot. They're the only team in the conference to have um, a playoff spot for now. West Mifflin, though, can join Avonworth with a win this week at Hopewell who is still alive but is tied for fourth in the Western Hills alongside Beaver. South Park is third at three and two. And the only other team to be eliminated from the conference playoffs, Seton LaSalle, they're winless on the season. In the Interstate Conference, no surprise, EF and Bell Vernon have both clinched playoff spots. Conference championship will be decided next week between those two. But this week... um, Pretty much cut and dry for the Interstate Conference. The easiest road is Mount Pleasant on paper. Mount Pleasant hosts South Allegheny. It's winning in for the Vikings. South Moreland can clinch with a win at Bell Vernon this week, or it gets losses by South Allegheny and Greensburg-Salem. The Golden Lions face off with Elizabeth Forward, and South Allegheny, as I mentioned, takes on Mount Pleasant. 
So uh, after this week, it's uh, not necessarily a spoiler for my uh, preview for the games, but South Moreland, uh, it looks pretty likely that they're going to get into the playoffs. Mount Pleasant, the easiest road, clinch and get in. But South Moreland would need some help, but that help isn't exactly far-fetched. In the Allegheny Six Conference, Freeport, the conference leader, has clinched a playoff spot. Valley has been eliminated. Uh, the only other team, there's a tie for second between Shadyside Academy, East Allegheny, and Deer Lakes. The Bulldogs have clinched a playoff spot in the Allegheny Six. East Allegheny, it's winning in. They face off with Knock this week. Deer Lakes needs a win or a loss from Knock to East Allegheny. Deer Lakes faces Shadyside Academy this week. Knock is still alive. Valley is eliminated despite both teams being 0-3 in conference play. But uh, a, a loss would take Knock out of the equation officially. Class 4A, there's 13 qualifiers in the playoffs. Top five come from the Parkway Conference, and the top four come from the Big 7 and the Greater Allegheny. Four spots in the Parkway Conference locked up. Central Valley, Aliquippa, West Allegheny, and Montour have all clinched a playoff berth. Ambridge and Newcastle have been eliminated. The final playoff spot in the Parkway Conference will go to either Blackhawk or Chartiers Valley. Um, Blackhawk can clinch with just one more win or one more Chartiers Valley loss. For reference, Chartiers Valley this week hosts Aliquippa, who is not keen on losing a game this week, I would imagine, uh, considering how dominant Aliquippa has looked in recent weeks. So Chartiers Valley... Uh, you need to win out and have Blackhawk lose out, but when you face arguably the best team in all the state of Pennsylvania and the WPIAL, good luck. And Blackhawk against Montour, that game will more than likely decide the fourth place spot in the Parkway Conference. In the Greater Allegheny Conference, Highlands and Armstrong have clinched. They play for the conference championship this week. That'll be our game of the week in the Greater Allegheny but every game really has playoff implications in the Greater Allegheny this week. Mars and North Catholic can clinch playoff spots, but both would need help. Um, Mars can clinch with a win over Hampton this week, but it also needs an Indiana loss to North Catholic. The Trojans can get in with uh, a win over Indiana and a Hampton loss to Mars. However, if Mars wins and North Catholic wins, then nothing gets settled. Hampton and Indiana still alive for a playoff berth, but Indiana would need the most help. In the Big 7 Conference, pretty cut and dry. Uh, Trinity and Ringgold are eliminated. Also in the Greater Allegheny, Kiskey eliminated at 0-5. Three spots clinched. McKeesport, Laurel Highlands, and Thomas Jefferson all have playoff berths in their future. The fourth spot will be decided between Latrobe and Connellsville. Now, it was believed earlier in the week that Latrobe has clinched, However, um, if Connell, if the stars align and there's a blue moon on Friday the 13th, Connellsville can clinch the second spot in the Big 7 Conference. But Connellsville would need to win out and Laurel Highlands or Thomas Jefferson lose out to conclude the season. Connellsville faces TJ and Laurel Highlands to conclude the season who, again, have both made the playoffs. Latrobe can clinch uh, with a win over McKeesport, or if Connellsville loses to Thomas Jefferson or Laurel Highlands. 
So one more loss by Connellsville. Latrobe is in, regardless of what the Wildcats do this week. Class 5A, there's only eight playoff spots, and only one team has clinched, that being Franklin Regional from the Big East Conference. And uh, conference title won't get decided this week. It'll be decided next week. But um, let's just say not a lot of people had Franklin Regional as a conference champion in the Big East. And that's not a knock on Franklin Regional. Look at the fact that Gateway and Penn Trafford are in the conference. Gateway can clinch a playoff spot with a win over Norwin. Uh, Penn Trafford likely won't clinch this week. And uh, Hemfield, the only way to win or the only way to get into the playoffs, Hemfield must win out. And after back-to-back-to-back blowout losses. Um, now, the the final two games are very winnable. Plum this week, which has been eliminated. Norwin next week, which is also a team that's been eliminated. In the Northeast Conference, uh, good luck um, figuring out this fracas. Um, five out of the six teams still alive for playoffs. Unlikely anyone clinches at all this week. And uh, Fox Chapel, the only team to be eliminated from the playoffs. In the Allegheny Six, no one has clinched, but Bethel Park this week can clinch with a win over South Fayette on the road. Um, now, South Fayette is the key to the Allegheny Six. South Fayette has a grueling finish to the season uh, to conclude Allegheny Six conference play. Bethel Park this week, Upper St. Clair next week. Two teams that have already been the last two number one teams in Class 5A. Um, now, if South Fayette loses out, they're out, regardless. If South Fayette loses this week, um, Bethel Park would get in, but South Fayette not necessarily eliminated. They would need to win against Upper St. Clair. That turns into a must-win. Bethel Park and Peters Township, they play in Week 9. That game could possibly decide one of the uh, wildcard spots in Class 5A because there's still a chance that there could be a three-way tie for first in the Allegheny Six. Thus, one of the wildcards would automatically go to the Allegheny Six. In Class 6A, there are so many different possibilities. Um, NA has already clinched a playoff spot. If the playoffs were to start today, however, just based off of tiebreaker points, Central Catholic would be two, Seneca three, Canamac four, Lebo would be out. Um, but again, there's so many different possibilities, and there's only three conference games left. Central Catholic faces Seneca this week. Next week, Seneca Valley takes on North Allegheny, and Canamac takes on Mount Lebanon. So I doubt anything's going to get resolved this week, um, at, least in term, at least in terms of seedings. Could be a playoff berth in the future for one of the teams, that being Seneca and Pittsburgh Central Catholic, but I doubt anything really gets resolved in the grand scheme of things this week. All right, so now we got all that out of the way. Let's take a look at the recaps from Class 1A. Firstly, our non-conference game, Rochester defeats Clareton 36-26, to and the Rams get supremacy over the Bears in an old-fashioned rivalry game between those two. First in the Tri-County South, our game of the week had California defeating Carmichael's by a final score of 27-6. And overall, it was a team effort by California to get the three-touchdown victory over Carmichael's. Uh, The Trojans led 27-0 at the beginning of the third quarter and pretty much put it in cruise control for the rest of the way. 
leading the way for California, Jake Leahy. He only completed four passes, but that went for 114 yards as California gets a much-needed win in the Tri-County South. Elsewhere in Tri-County South action, Manesson wins a shootout against Jefferson Morgan 70-30. Beth Center squeaks by West Green 37-33, and Mapletown blows out Bentworth 49-3. In the Eastern Conference, pretty much win as I expected. Greensburg Central with a big win over Jeanette. Uh, 44-0 was the final score as the Centurions get the shutout win over Longstanding rival Jeanette. And for Greensburg Central Catholic, it was a former Jayhawk that led the Centurions to the win. It was Jaden Kennedy. He had 101 yards on five carries and two touchdowns, caught a 77-yard touchdown, and he had a 90-yard pick six as the Centurions eventually ran away from Jeanette after a slow start. But the Centurions remain undefeated in conference play with the win. Elsewhere, Leechburg blows out Riverview 57-12. Frazier gets his first win of the season, 25-12 winners over Springdale. In the Black Hills Conference, Fort Cherry gets the win over Cornell in our game of the week, 27-7. Matt Sig, the freshman quarterback, had another outstanding game, this time with his legs, rushing for 137 yards in the win. And he scored four touchdowns as well as he does just about anything for this Fort Cherry team. Um, And the Rangers still in the hunt for Black Hills' playoff spot. They're currently fourth in the conference. Bishop Canavan also defeated Chartier's Houston 33-6 after a big performance by Xavier Nelson over 200 yards receiving for the second week this season. And Burgettstown blows out Carlinton 41-0. In the Big 7 Conference, game of the week by far with a bullet. Southside Beaver falls to Laurel, 33-16. Two teams that, uh, prior to the start of the season, not a lot of people had this high up on the radar, but both teams with impressive starts. And Laurel prevails in the win. And really the story there was Landon Smith. Um, Laurel scored 19 fourth-quarter points as the Spartans trailed 16-14 to start the fourth. And uh, the Spartans with Landon Smith, he rushed for 253 in the win over Southside Beaver, and now Laurel claims the top spot in the Big 7 for now. Other games, Union defeats Northgate 46-20, and Shenango obliterates Summit Academy 61-6. Class 2A, we go to the Midwestern Conference. Our game of the week, Neshanik shuts out Riverside 42 to nothing as the Lancers clinch a playoff berth in the Midwestern Conference. Johnny Huff had a tremendous day, 260 yards passing, 118 rushing. His favorite target, Luciano DeLillo, eight catches, 112, and two touchdowns as Neshanik holds Riverside to just under 100 total yards for the game. Elsewhere, Mohawk blows out Freedom, 42-13. Beaver Falls with another win, similar score over Elwood City, 42-13. And Western Beaver annihilates New Brighton, 60-13. In the Century Conference, our game of the week lived up to the billing as Keystone Oaks squeaks by McGuffey, 32-30. Keystone Oaks rallies in the fourth quarter after Nick Buckley throws the game-winning touchdown to Clinton Robinson of 29 yards. Buckley threw for 237, 
and four touchdowns to lead an aerial attack for Keystone Oaks that has the Golden Eagles in position to strike for a playoff spot. Still Rocks defeated Brentwood in other Century Conference action 50-21, to and Wash High shuts out Charleroi 61-0. In the Allegheny Conference, Steel Valley rolls again, 48-0 win over Burl in our game of the week, as Cruz Brookins, again with another dominating performance, finished with 138 yards on the ground and two touchdowns, threw for another two on 127 yards passing, and uh, Steel Valley is a machine. I've said it numerous times. I'm a broken record at this point, but Steel Valley continues its romp in the Allegheny Conference. Speaking of the conference, their only challenger seemingly at this point, Sarah Catholic, got a win over Ligonier Valley. Close game, though, 27-18. Apollo Ridge defeats Yawk 26-13, and Amani Christian with a big win over Derry 44-17. Moving on to Class 3A as South Park in our Game of the Week in the Western Hills shuts out Hopewell 35-0 as that conference was littered with blowouts. South Park with a smothering defense um, despite Hopewell having just over 200 yards total for the game um, was still no match for South Park as the Eagles bent but didn't break and put up the donut on the scoreboard holding Hopewell to nothing and the Eagles still alive in the playoff hunt. West Mifflin also defeated Quaker Valley 42-0, and Seton LaSalle gets thumped by Beaver 59-13. In the Interstate Conference, Patton Arduzzi took a trip to the beach to watch Quinton Martin and the Belvernon Leopards trample Mount Pleasant 55-7. Quinton Martin scored five times with the Leopards really winning the field position. That's a big story as to why Bell Vernon got such a dominant win. First half drive started at the Mount Pleasant 6, 35, 36, 30, 13, 34, and 29-yard lines. How are you supposed to stop a team that is basically within field goal range every single time it touches the ball? As Quinton Martin didn't have many yards... Five carries, 55 yards, and had 60 yards receiving. But again, five touchdowns, uh, pretty dominant win as Bell Vernon rolls over Mount Pleasant. Elsewhere in the conference, EF defeats South Allegheny 49-7. And South Moreland gets a big win over Greensburg-Salem 42-21. And the Scotties are within striking distance of an interstate conference playoff berth. Finally, in the Allegheny Six Conference, East Allegheny defeats Deer Lakes, knocking the Lancers from the undefeated conference mark as East Allegheny rolls 42-7 over Deer Lakes. Deer Lakes was looking for its first playoff berth since 2015, but that'll have to wait for now as uh, East Allegheny gets the big win. Michael Cahill threw four touchdown passes and 243 yards, including a 67-yarder to Steve Yusko. And that aerial attack leading East Allegheny to an easy win on Deer Lake's homecoming. Freeport shuts out Knock 42-0. Shadyside Academy with another shutout, this time of Valley 30-0. Our non-conference game of the week in Class 4A saw 3A Avonworth defeat North Catholic Pretty convincingly, 37-7, Avonworth gets the win. 
It was a rematch of last year's WPIAL semifinal game in which North Catholic got the win, and, well, let's just say Avonworth got some revenge. As leading the way, Nate Harper again, passing for 230 yards. Favorite target was Peyton Faulkner. He hauled in four catches for 89 yards. Now moving to conference play, our Parkway Conference Game of the Week, West Allegheny escapes with a 16-13 win in double overtime against Blackhawk. Now, obviously... Um, I'm the broadcaster for West Allegheny, and quite frankly, um, Blackhawk came ready to play, and it was a mixture of that and the Indians, to be honest, especially on the offensive side, came out kind of flat. Um, Quarterback-wise, Gage Upton completed just five of 19 passes. That was a big difference, and also, to some missed opportunities, leaving some points on the field, and the Indians escape with a double overtime win over Blackhawk and narrowly avoiding the upset bid. Other games in the Parkway Conference not nearly as competitive as Central Valley blows out Ambridge 49-7. Montour gets a much-needed win and a playoff berth against Chartiers Valley 32-14 and Aliquippa steamrolls Newcastle 54-6. In the Greater Allegheny Conference, Armstrong led by Caden Olsen hammers Mars in a shootout 55 55- to 31. Caden Olsen in that game. Spoiler alert, he's my 4A player of the week, and why wouldn't he be? Throwing for 346 yards in the win. He had two receivers go over 100 yards receiving. Isaiah Brown had 120 yards receiving on seven catches. Ian Olsen, 119 on another four catches. And Armstrong, after being knocked out of the top five in Class 4A, well, they're right back in that conversation. And that sets up a big matchup this week to decide the Greater Allegheny Conference crown with Highlands. And speaking of Highlands, it defeated Kiske 56-7. Hampton blows out Indiana as well, 42-7. In the Big 7 Conference, Laurel Highlands eliminates Trinity from playoff contention with a 20-8 win um, as Rodney Gallagher rushed for 149 yards with the Mustangs slipping past the Hillers. In a rather competitive game, but not enough for Trinity to stay alive in the playoff hunt, thus eliminating the Hillers from the playoffs. And elsewhere, Latrobe defeats Connellsville 43-13, and TJ shuts out Ringgold 42-0. Non-conference in Class 5A. Um, firstly, we had NA defeat Norwin 38-13. Mount Lebanon wins a defensive battle over Peters Township 6-3. Cannon Mack, the upset win over Upper St. Clair, 28-24. And uh, our game of the week, McKeesport defeats Gateway, 41-17. in a dominant showing by McKeesport, holding Gateway to just 17 points. And, uh, well, McKeesport, they really turned some heads yet again as the Tigers, with led by Jamil Perryman, leading McKeesport to a big win over Gateway on the road. Perryman rushed 14 times for 156 and three touchdowns. And also the McKeesport defense holding Brad Birch to just 149 yards passing. And while that may have been the game of the week on paper, the the ending that everybody has been talking about, you know what it is. It's Central Catholic winning on one of the craziest plays that you will ever see over Penn Hills, 33-28. to 28. Um, Now, there's been a lot of contention as to whether or not it was even a legal play. 
Um, and when you watch the film, it's very close. The, the, when the ball gets picked up, it's right at the line of scrimmage. However, at least from watching, there were two angles that I saw. Um, one was a live video taken uh, by a reporter at the game. The second one was the Penn Hills broadcast. And on the Penn Hills broadcast, the ball looked like it was a half a yard in front of the line of scrimmage. Now, this isn't the first time that this has happened with Central Catholic. For those that remember, the 2013 WPIL championship game, Central Catholic scored a touchdown on a punt that went backwards. Um, It was behind the line of scrimmage, but that one was about almost 10 yards behind the line of scrimmage. And Central Catholic took it back for a touchdown. And and what was really the turning point in that WPIL championship was Central rolling over Woodland Hills that day. Um, This one was very close. If you look at the play, at least to me, I think that he was over the line. And here's the good news, though, for at least for Penn Hills. The game is non-conference. It doesn't count towards your record. It doesn't count towards your playoff positioning, assuming Penn Hills gets into the playoffs. It's not going to hurt the Indians in the long run. Only thing he's going to hurt is pride, but I'd rather take a pride loss than a loss that could knock you out of playoff contention. Moving into the Northeast Conference, our game of the week turned into a route. Pine Richland establishes supremacy over Shaler 42-7. Ryan Palmieri with another big day, accounting for 324 total yards of offense, running for 173, passing for 151, accounting for three touchdowns as that move for Palmieri, again, saving Pine Richland season and has the Rams rolling right now with a big win over Shaler, 42-7. Elsewhere, Woodland Hills defeats Fox Chapel, 43-14. Our Big East Conference Game of the Week, Franklin Regional blows out Hempfield, 56-21 in a game that really wasn't even that close. As Franklin Regional, with the win, has clinched at least a share of the Big East Conference Championship Of course, that'll be decided in the next couple of weeks whether or not Franklin Regional is the top seed out of the Big East Conference. Once again, Hempfield limited without their, I guess, their starting battery, if you will, in football cases. Center Logan Iseman, quarterback Jake Phillips, they were missing for the game, and it really hurt Hempfield in the long run. Quarterback Roman Sarnik had a huge night for Franklin Regional. Passed for just under 200 yards, ran for 166. His favorite target, Aiden Hudock, five catches for 174 and two touchdowns. And Hudock, he ended the night with a total of four touchdowns as well as uh, Franklin Regional with a huge win over Hempfield, who again is limping into the final couple weeks of the season. You gotta, You got to think that if Jake Phillips and, and Logan Iseman aren't back, that's going to be a problem. Um, but again, two winnable games next week, Plum and the week after against Norwin. Can Hemfield get the job done and at least sneak into the playoffs? That remains to be seen. And speaking of Plum, it lost to Penn Trafford on the road, 35-21. Allegheny Six Conference, well, it was 
a blowout for both games. South Fayette shuts out Baldwin 45 nothing. Big reason will be talked about later as to why South Fayette got the win. And Bethel Park steamrolls Moon 56-6. And again, the other non-conference game, Seneca Valley um, really turned some heads and blew out North Hills 53-14. Graham Hancock throws for 210 yards, four touchdowns in the air, and he also scored two rushing touchdowns. And he was a contender for our 6A player of the week. We'll see if he got that later. Now it's time for our Whippy Whip Around Teams of the Week for Week 7. And firstly, starting in Week 1, this one's pretty obvious. Our 1A Team of the Week is Laurel after winning a big showdown with Southside Beaver, 33-16. The Spartans in the driver's seat for the Big 7 Conference crown. After the loss to Neshanik, Laurel has been very, very good um, winning in a myriad of ways. They've won close games. They've won blowouts. Um, and when you win in all sorts of ways, that bodes well, especially going into the playoffs um, as Laurel plays in, in my opinion, one of the better conferences in Class 1A. Our Class 2A Player of the Week comes from the Midwestern Conference. It's Nishanik after blowing out Riverside 42-0, back-to-back shutouts for the Nishanik defense. We mentioned in the first half of the season, the defense for Nishanik has not looked the strongest. And then after the 22-0 loss to Beaver Falls, the defense has really turned it on as of late. Um, and has only allowed one touchdown in the last three weeks, that coming in garbage time to New Brighton. So really the first string defense has not allowed a touchdown in four weeks. Um, so Nishanik, the offense has been there. Minus the Beaver Falls game. Now the defense is picking it up. And Neshanik is a sleeper pick in Class 2A. 3A Team of the Week is Avonworth after the big win over North Catholic, 37-7. You could make an argument for Bell Vernon, but at this point, Avonworth had the stronger win over North Catholic, who is a um, pretty decent Class 4A team. If they were in 3A, North Catholic would easily be in the playoffs, and that would have been for a conference crown in the Western Hills. But Avonworth just proving to be too much for a 4A opponent, and Avonworth is your 3A team of the week. Our Class 4A team of the week is Armstrong after getting a big win over Mars 55-31 and really in dominant fashion. That sets up a huge game this week against Highlands, as I mentioned, as potentially a first-round bye is up for grabs between Armstrong and Highlands um, coming up this week. But Armstrong, it's the best season for the Riverhawks in their short existence since 2016. And that year they had Zane Dudek. This year, Caden Olsen leading the way. Um, And the offense is clicking on all cylinders right now. Armstrong on a roll, and they need it coming into this week's game. Class 5A team of the week, and a spoiler alert, this team is in my top five for the first time this year in Class 5A. It's Pine Richland after a big win over Shaler this week. And again, the four-game winning streak, and have looked extremely good through the last four games. And the stretch run comes for Pine Richland. The Rams will look to lock up a playoff spot, if not this week, then next week. But the Rams look really good through the last couple of weeks. 
Finally, our Class 6A Team of the Week goes to Cannon McMillan after a big win over recently number one team, Upper St. Clair in Class 5A. Um, yes, it was against a 5A team, but Upper St. Clair has looked very, very strong throughout the season. And Cannon Mack, um, credit to them, they scored in the final minute with Mike Evans finding Caden Singleton, who's one of the most underrated tight ends and edge rushers in the WPIAL. And Cannon Mack, for the first time in seemingly decades, it seems like forever, um, Cannon Mack gets the win over Upper St. Clair. Now for our Players of the Week before we sign off on the Whippy Whip Around. Firstly, our Class 1A Player of the Week. This one's also pretty obvious. It is Braylon Lovelace of Leedsburg. Led the WPIAL over the weekend in rushing 279 yards in the 57-12 win over Riverview. Not only that, but he joins the 4,000-yard rushing club, does the pit recruit. Congratulations to Braylon Lovelace on reaching this milestone. Class 2A and Class 3A players of the week are receivers. 4A, 5A, 6A are quarterbacks. Our Class 2A player of the week is Trey Singleton from Beaver Falls after catching six passes for a whopping 161. And that Singleton connection with Jaron Brickner um, has Class 2A opponents, especially defensive coordinators, shivering. And Singleton puts up another big performance as Beaver Falls rolls over Elwood City 42-13. Class 3A Player of the Week is Ty Keffer. He led the WPIL this week in receptions, caught nine passes for 160 as Southmoreland gets a big win over Greensburg-Salem 42-21. The Scotties are currently third in the Interstate Conference. And I said it earlier, a 4A player of the week, Caden Olson, Bears repeating 346 passing yards against one of the better defenses and one of the better teams in the WPIAL, that being Mars and Olson and Armstrong. Um, they look really, really good, have, have rattled off six straight wins, and the Riverhawks in striking distance for the conference crown. Our Class 5A Player of the Week is the quarterback from South Fayette, that being Nico Lamondi. He threw for 249 yards in the 45-0 win over Baldwin. South Fayette hasn't passed the ball nearly as much as it's been accustomed to in recent years, but Lamondi put up an aerial show and bombarded Baldwin on the road, 45-0. The Lions get the win. In our 6A Player of the Week, we mentioned Graham Hancock's six touchdowns, but he was the runner-up. We went with Peyton Wainer from Central Catholic. He threw for 264 yards as Central Catholic escapes with a 33-28 win over Penn Hills. And quite frankly, it's, uh, well, the victory over Penn Hills for Central Catholic, um, more talked about and arguably more impressive given the circumstances as Central Catholic season may be right back on track, but Central needs a win this week against Seneca Valley. That'll do it for this Week 7 recap edition of the Whippy Whip Around. Thank you so much for joining me. Come back on Friday as we preview Week 8 on the Whippy Whip Around on Pittsburgh Sports Now. I'm Brandon Ross. I follow me on Twitter at Ross2 underscores EYE and follow Pittsburgh Sports Now on Twitter at PGH Sports Now. Thanks again for listening, and I'll see you next time.